<laughs> Welcome to the HS Innkeepers podcast. We're glad you found your way here. And welcome to the Innkeepers Podcast. We are a podcast for innkeepers covering Hearthstone's fireside gatherings. With insight and information, we hope all of our fellow innkeepers find useful. I'm Avantis from Knoxville, Tennessee. This is Root from Orlando, Florida. And I'm Aliri from Halifax in Canada. Coming up here in episode number 33 of the Innkeepers Podcast at a special time for our friends in the EU area. Uh, we're going to be talking all about Boomsday and what that means for innkeepers. We always have our news and our shares and spotlights, and we are going to cover some questions we've gotten from the Discord server. That's right, and for all of your Hearthstone innkeeper needs, check out firesidegatherings.com, and also make sure you check out hsinkeepers.com for resources for your firesides. Alrighty, so we've got a little bit of news to cover this week before we get to our main topic. Um, as a reminder, Tavern Hero Qualifier Season 3 begins August 31st and runs through October 14th. So you got a little more than a month and a half away before Season 3 Tavern Hero Qualifiers begin. Uh, so start your planning now. Look at dates, figure out when you think is going to be the best time to run your events, and uh, start doing that that work now and save you save yourself some time later. Um, also, uh, Jesse mentioned in the uh, Facebook group, the Innkeeper Facebook group, that there are new buffer times for creating fireside gatherings. So as he mentioned. Uh, and I think we talked about it on a past show, there are now an option for unlisted fireside gatherings. These are private gatherings that you can hold in your home or anywhere you like for you and your friends. And uh, these fireside gatherings require a minimum of one hour notice prior to the time of the event to be posted on firesidegatherings.com. Well, they're unlisted, so they're not posted. Well, that's true. They're not posted. But to be set up for everything to kick off and yeah. work, you have to have one you hour. You have to give a one-hour buffer. Yeah, that's correct. And a public fireside gathering, like the ones we do now, uh, require a five-day buffer, which is actually down from requiring a seven-day. So uh, they shave two days off the time that you need to schedule, which is good if you're trying to schedule events every week. So that, that kind of gives you a little bit of an edge. And then uh, THQs are the same. They still require a 10-day lead time uh, before the event. All right, so we just kind of mentioned unlisted events. So what is an un unlisted event? Uh, so as, as I mentioned, the option to create a fireside gathering as unlisted means you'll be able to host private gatherings in more intimate settings with friends or coworkers while enjoying all the perks of a public fireside gathering. Uh, with unlisted events, your fireside will not show up on the upcoming events list. I actually now, think... I had a, I had a chance to talk to the devs when we were at the, the Summer Series um, about this. Um, and actually inadvertently talked to a guy named Josh, um, and I was talking to him about it, and he got super excited because I'd mentioned that there's something we'd asked for 
at the innkeeper summit for these private events. And he asked like, why? He was like, what is the biggest draw for that? Because apparently they hear it a lot. And I said, well, there's two things that personally we'd like, and that is number one, to be able to take, if we have a staff and we have a team or we have friends that we would normally like to play with, but we can't because we're always adminning the, the tournaments and whatnot, we can do that and have you know a little game or a little fun ourselves. And uh, it's also a great opportunity to train uh, our fellow admins. And I said this, and he ran, runs up in the audience, gets Drew uh, from the audience, brings Drew down. He goes, repeat everything you said. I'm like, Drew was at the Innkeeper Summit. He's heard me say this. He's heard us all say this. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's like, yeah, that's why we did this, you know? <laughs> nice. All right, so um, let's see. Have also, you guys? You guys haven't run one yet, have you? Run an unlisted. Uh, an no, unlisted. I have not. I've got yeah. I've got requests for to do them. Um, in fact, they wanted one. I think next weekend we're gonna try to do one. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We're gonna try to get one out. I'll let you know. Cool. Um, Challenger finals are happening now. Um, Challenger finals are this weekend, July fourteenth and fifteenth in Europe. They will be taking place next weekend, the 21st and 22nd, in the Americas, and July 28th and 29th in the APAC. So um, good luck to everyone who has patrons competing, and uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Challenger Finals, I think we've talked about it on some of our past episodes, so you know, uh, you can, if you're in our chat, Obviously, you can uh, exclamation challengers for more information, but uh, check them out. They're a lot of fun. So, all right. In other news, one of the largest online challenger cup uh, groups, Strivewire, has actually completely shut down. Um I know at one time they were trying to restructure as 1v1.gg, but it would appear that um, on their site, they now are reporting that they are shutting down. Unfortunately, they could not acquire sufficient traction and funding, and they have applied for insolvency. So um, we're going we're gonna, to uh, hate that they're not there anymore. They, per, they ran a lot of uh, tournaments. And uh, they said Challenger Cup wins will still be honored. So, you know, if you won a Challenger Cup held by Strivewire, you're still in for Challenger Finals and stuff like that. So, all right. Yeah, that... they've been around a long time running cups involved with HCT offering points. So, mm -hmm. it is a loss for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I believe that covers most of the news. Um, Aliri, who is our top share of the week? Our top share of the week comes from Mike from the metro area in DC, and that's in the States. And he says, I'm going to go ahead and upload the trivia game we ran at our event on HCT America's Playoff Weekend. Feel free to steal the whole thing or just the questions for your own use. Some of them are outdated now, just a fair heads up. We use a team trivia format based off a company around us, where the game is divided into two halves of three rounds, each round having three questions each, plus a half time and final question. Although due to the time we cut it down to two rounds per half, or rounds in the first half, teams get 
point values of five, three, and one to wager once respectively per round. So you could use, so you would use the five on a question you're feeling confident about, one if you have no idea, three if you're iffy, but you can't use the same value twice per round. You do not lose points for incorrect answers, half time and final questions, we gave points to the three closest teams. Um, second half round point value increases to 246, or you can keep it 135 the whole game through. Now I'm definitely gonna go back and read that through to better understand it, but it seems like a really fun game um, that you can do at your firesides and the link for that is in the Sides Event Ideas channel of the Discord server. So thank yeah, you what I like what I like about this is it's it's team based. It's so you yeah. get your little team and you can decide amongst yourselves how you're gonna wager your points. So a lot of times in fireside gatherings, you don't, you know, yeah, people know each other because if they've been to your taverns a couple times, you get to know each other, but they may only know each other through the game. So this is another way that your patrons can actually interact with each other. And yeah, it might be forced interaction, but so what? Um, it's not going to see so forced the next time you do it. So if you tell people, hey, break into groups of three, we're doing trivia, bam, they have, they'll have to do it. So I think this is really cool. And that uh, what what he put up there is an entire PowerPoint uh, presentation. So the whole thing's in PowerPoint. So that's awesome. So thank you, Mike, for doing that. We're going to move into our new innkeeper spotlight. And we have Michael Lancaster, a.k.a. Heatwave. Uh, he says, uh, my name is Michael Lancaster, but you can call me Heatwave, which that's how he actually introduced himself to people. And it was kind of cool. He's just like, yeah, my name's Heatwave. And he would just give him this kind of like a David Hasselhoff look. And it was really cool. Uh, he said he guest hosted and assisted with a multitude of Hearthstone events and firesides, courtesy of Arwen in Lake Forest, California. And, of course, Scott Bites Levy in Irvine. He is an ideas and details guys, and he is looking to make his gatherings great as he makes esports his long-term home. I did get a chance to meet him at the HCT, and the guy is actually awesome. Uh, I was swamped at one point in time with a table that I couldn't get to, and he just went over and kicked off an event for me, and that was beautiful. And it was it was very welcome. He jumped right in, so he is he's got the innkeeper spirit. He will do well, very well. We also have Death Scythe or Death Scythe or Death Seth. Scythe. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those, yeah, site uh, from EU Netherlands. He says, good day, sirs, madams, and if applicable members from other species. I am Jeffrey Hules from the Netherlands, former Magic Dudge and tournament organizer from 2007 to 2016, for which he's done work on various levels, and he's looking forward to using what he's learned there to make the Hearthstone scene even better. He has co-hosted several firesides, THQs, and an occasional online events, but he's looking to add more events to his list. So to both Death Scythe and Heatwave, gentlemen, welcome and well met. Well yes. met. Well, well met, met. Indeed. And don't forget, if you haven't yet um, updated your Discord server nickname to include your, your location, your nearest city, um, and posted a little intro, make sure you do that because that gets you verified in the server and that will uh, unlock for you all of the resource channels. It's a great asset, and especially around um, expansion time, things get really fun, like a lot of posts and cool ideas. So make sure if you haven't yet to get verified. Alrighty, so let's see. That uh, brings us to our main topic. 
The Boomsday Project. The Boomsday. Speaking of expansions. <laughs> I like how we're all just like totally excited about it right now. We're like, it's the boobs day. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh Wednesday night on Hero Power, I actually played the clip, the intro clip from the video. Yeah. And then when it came back, I had put on a uh lab coat and my goggles i saw this yeah <laughs> it was fun but uh, i'm that... excited i am excited about this expansion and you know it there are things that you know are while as a player you're excited about the new uh cards coming as an innkeeper it's important to be up to date on key dates and components of the new expansion so that you can be a resource to your community and help to plan your events for the upcoming release. So, um, as O'Leary said, in the Discord, innkeepers are already sharing some fun decoration ideas for uh, firesides coming up. You can find that in the hashtag fireside underscore decor, decor channel. Yeah. So, decor for decor. decoration. Yeah. yeah. No, decor. Decor. There you go. Decor. Uh, That's the fancy so, yeah. way of saying it. Decor. decor. Yeah. So, check that yeah. out. Um, and... Literally probably says decor. Oh, I say decor. Decor, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> if you've not seen anything about the expansion yet, the theme is mechanical amalgamations, eerie crystals, revolting and lab-grown monstrosities, all based around science! Science! <laughs> I'm loving the fact that, uh, so one of the things that I 3D print a lot of, to anyhow, is a boombot. And hello, I am printing a lot of boombots right now. Um, one of the one of my printers is printing nothing but boombots right now. I so, love those little boombots. They're really cute. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a box going for a fireside gathering right now. I counted <clears throat> this morning. There are 34 little boombots in that box. Wow. wow. Yeah, they take about 40 minutes. It's a lot of boom in that box, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. We're just going to use those as giveaways. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Cool. So, um, all did right. You guys buy the, did you guys did you pre-purchase the expansion? I will. I, I will as well. I have not yet. But I'm, I'm actually going to probably pre-purchase both packs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I only did the, the 80 yeah, if you pre-purchase both packs, it's 130 packs, plus yeah. all the added bonus stuff yeah. that they throw in. I uh, hope I didn't mess up by only getting one. You've still hmm. got time. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, we had a few questions uh, for from uh, the Discord server that we're going to uh, talk about. But, uh, so first of all, uh, Root, why don't you take the first question? Sure thing. Um, so this is what, this is basically, we're going to be talking about stuff to deals with Innkeeper. We're kind of shifting gears here. We're not necessarily talking about the, uh, the Boomsday expansion. So, uh, question came up, said, what methods have worked for you all for making Innkeeping a financially sustaining effort? Leary, what do you think? I've lost money every time I've run a fireside, so. <laughs> um, but I also like to indulge in like decor and different things like that. So, to, like, and I'm not. My goal isn't to 
necessarily balance out like but if you are um the key really is to try and you know work with your community and see if you know having a five dollar like entry venue fee can help cover your costs that's a pretty um uh, what's the phrase like not very impactful way on the community um it's not really expensive for people to come and play five dollars it is for some people though i've run into that here for sure but you know if you keep it a small amount lots of people it can help avantis what about you so yeah i'm in the same boat um i was lucky enough to find a venue partner who doesn't charge me to use their space so i can save a little bit of money there but i pass that along to the players by not charging a venue fee so i also have never made a profit doing this in fact i have probably lost some money um one of the things i do to save some money though is um whenever blizzard has a sale on the gear store um like they did recently where they'll mark down stuff quite a bit i will go and just purchase you know fifty dollars worth of hearthstone related items for giveaways and prizes and things uh for events so it gives me a little more diverse uh collection like in this room over to my left um i actually have two big boxes that are nothing but fireside gathering prizes that i take with me to the to my venue whenever i hold an event and just you know give away prizes so i have prizes stocked at all times for giveaways because you never know when you're going to be giving stuff away but yeah try to catch stuff on uh on sale that's that's my my best advice that goes for decor items too you know check the dollar stores and and the cheap shops and see what you can find so i the only thing we do we don't charge a venue fee as well because we don't have one um we raffle gifts off and we have people any donation made uh gets them a raffle ticket i think it is uh per five dollars you think an additional raffle ticket um per five dollar donation so that's the only thing we do we have a donation box we ask for donations uh sometimes people donate sometimes they don't but at every five dollars they donate get some additional raffle ticket for whatever we're raffling off so leary why don't you take this next one here all right when we were all rookie innkeepers what was the biggest surprise to you the thing you didn't know that you didn't know avantis what was yours firesidegatherings.com easily <laughs> so when i first started running events i was just posting them locally and because i had created a uh facebook group for local knoxville players and i was actually scheduling my events um through third-party websites and um when i so I ran probably four or five events this way with a six to 12 person turnout. And then the very first event that I cross posted to firesidegatherings.com, we had 24 people and I could not believe the turnout. And it was because people were finding the event because they were looking and I was posting it to the correct place. So, you know, that, is not as much of an issue today as firesidegatherings.com has become more of the central hub for our world of of fireside gatherings but 
Yeah, when I first started, the thing I didn't know that I didn't know was firesidegatherings.com, and uh, it really made a difference in my turnout when I started uh, posting there. For me, it was uh, the Innkeeper Discord. I had no idea about it, and I went years without knowing about it. Um, it did, let's, it's only a year old. Well, okay, well, I went a year without knowing about it. <laughs> and I went a year without knowing about the Innkeeper community. Um, I thought we were just all standalone, like, okay, we're doing our thing. I didn't realize that we had a community uh, around fireside gatherings. Um, I didn't even know about the Innkeeper Summit because somebody we all know kept it that hush-hush. Um, didn't even tell her fellow admins about it. But, um, yeah, didn't know anything was going on. I thought we were just, you know, kind of doing our own thing. What about you, Leary? Mine was the versatility of a fireside. The fact that you can have a highly competitive tournament and still have a bunch of casual fun stuff. And that, that is, can be a fireside. Like, obviously, you can go full competitive or full casual, but the fact that you can mix both, I really, like, that was the biggest surprise to me because before I used to think, you know, esports event has to be competitive or one or the other, but I really, really liked that it could be both. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, I love casual events. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love competitive events. They're fun, but casual events are where it's at all right um so our next question besides social media marketing examples of facebook and meetup and word of mouth what methods have proven the most successful for you for getting word out about your events especially when you're just starting to run your events uh root what worked for you we are lucky, and I don't, this is going to vary uh, per city, but the big newspaper in our town called the Orlando Sentinel has a eSports section oh, wow. uh, for, for events. And um, that eSports person was, was highly interested in the fact that we were running uh, these events. And so we were had our events posted to not on the newspaper, but on the newspaper's website, uh, which then also got... Uh, redistributed to a couple of the news channels websites nothing major but we did get a handful of people who said yeah saw it on the Orlando Sentinel and then hey what's going on this weekend section um, so looking out to other resources uh, in your local community that do advertisements are a phenomenal way to do it uh, the other thing that I've done one other time and it actually worked but then I got my hand slapped for it this is out of the college I was posting uh, little cards with our next event uh, in the men's room so little guerrilla marketing at the urinals what if you know whatever uh O'Leary what have you been doing I honestly have mostly only ever used Facebook um it's pretty open here for people that use it so as in like a lot of people use it here so I really haven't had to diverge too much um but HS calendar I think that's still running. That was a really good website. Um, and that was also kind of before the Fireside Gatherings website had all of the events listed um, the way that they do now, which is honestly truly phenomenal. Um, so yeah, it would be honestly Facebook for me, for my area, but then firesidegatherings.com for sure. And Avantis. Or Avantis. <laughs> I'm getting Good old fashioned <laughs> paper flyers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there are a 
there are a few game shops in my area, as well as a couple of quote nerd bars where, you know, people go to game and, and drink beer. So I went to all of those locations with paper flyers and uh, asked for permission to post on some of them have uh, event boards, others just let me post right on the glass on the front window. And so uh, I went and just printed up some good old fashioned paper flyers about the upcoming event, you know, the date, time, what we were doing, what you needed to bring, and then just slapped them on the glass or, or pinned them to the, to the boards in the bars. And uh, it, it, it seemed to work. We got, you know, a few people out, but yeah, that's, that's definitely an option. Just going old school with some, some good old fashioned paper flyers. Mm. All right, here's a good one. Uh, and this one I kind of wish we had Maticus around for. What are the rules about charging cash for side events or main event tournaments? In other words, he says, I know you can't charge for Tavern Hero events, but can you run a $5 per person side tournament with a cash payout? Are there local and federal gambling laws applicable here? And where does Blizzard start to care? O'Leary, let's start off with you. Absolutely, there are local laws and you have to abide by those. Um, I've run into this several times. Um, you just you have to look at what legally you can do locally and take it from there. Um, where where does Blizzard start to care? It is based on like price pool payout really is when they really start to care about it, which right now is 15K USD. That's when you need to actually go through them to get that tournament approved for that level. Um, but yeah, you just need to see locally what the applicable laws are because it does vary like globally, like country to country, but also in Canada, it's like provincial differences. So you got to check out and see what locally you need to do. Yeah, and also I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the prize payout has to be equal to the amount players pay in for which for I, a pay for a tournament that you're collecting I don't, an entry fee for it depends on what the law is that it okay. that that's one of those yeah i know, change, you know yeah we have one that's that's run here that i don't run but one of our our local innkeepers runs that is zero cost entry but a hundred dollar cash prize for winning mm, okay all right. Well, I mean, that's zero. That's zero entry, though. I'm I'm talking about if you're collecting an entry oh, fee okay. of like five dollars and you have ten people sign up, the prize pool has to be equivalent to fifty dollars. Oh, interesting. I have to look into that, or whatever that. Yeah. So that's why I was just just curious. I I, I thought I remembered reading that somewhere at one time, and I don't remember right. I'm not a hundred percent. No. I, yeah, you're right. No. Um the original Schwinghammer in chat it is posted you're right i know it's not familiar original Schwinghammer. <laughs> okay uh, okay. Th thank you so, uh Schwinghammer, for verifying that for me i posted the link in chat it is you're right okay and yeah blizzard doesn't like people charging uh per tournament sometimes um i don't know maybe they do maybe they don't um we don't charge uh so i ran into an issue where uh, went and I was I hosted an event through my fireside at a different person's location where they're used to handling or having Magic the Gathering tournaments 
And once everybody was seated, then he went around and started collecting $5 a person or whatever it was to play. No cash winnings just to actually play in the tournament. And I had to put a stop to that. Mm. So. So. All right. So, uh, O'Leary, I think the next one is yours. Okay. What was the biggest challenge you've had so far, and how did you overcome it? Root, what's yours? Uh, my biggest challenge so far has been uh, dealing with uh, player conflicts. And uh, I've had them a couple times where somebody didn't like something that happened in, you know, in a tournament, and... Uh, wanted, you know, had issue with it and dealing with that, um, trying to de-escalate the situation and basically talk them uh, down and handling it is just talking and having people who are calm around you uh, to talk the person through it and understanding that as long, I mean, not to say that we don't matter, but if it's not a THQ, it's just a friendly tournament. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so de-escalating that situation has been uh, my biggest challenge and overcoming it just been having people around me who remain calm throughout the situation. Avantis, what about you? Uh, keeping interest levels high. Um, so uh, last season I didn't run a THQ and the reason is that during the first season I ran two and my first one had 16 players which is the minimum amount required to run an event. My second one wasn't able to get that many people. I only had like 12 show up interested. And then when I asked the next season, I'm like, okay, I'm planning on running an event this season. What day works best, you know, on this weekend or this weekend? I gave them options. I only had like 10 people vote. Others were like, you know, well, I'm going to be on vacation or it's summertime. So we got other stuff going on. So I just didn't schedule an event during season two. And keeping that level of interest and getting new people out is, is really tough sometimes. And so you've got to find some way to reach out to those players who may not want to leave the house and come out to an event. So, you know, it's, it's, Keeping keeping interest high is is really uh, one of my biggest challenges in my area. Leary, um, how about you? Well, I think Avanti's that challenge. That's the same challenge I've had. So to speak to a different one, um, venue venue has been a big problem mm -hmm. for me since the get go. Um, having enough space to. Uh, for your patrons to sit and actually have a table and play each other, um, Wi-Fi, food, um, just trying to factor in all of those components and make it work. It's been a challenge in the city. So, and you just keep trying different places and working with different venue owners and trying to make it work and you find some good spots. And Avanti's wrap us up here with this last question. Yeah, so is there anything specifically pertaining to working with partners or vendors that you didn't know you didn't know root this kind of is in your wheelhouse so yeah <laughs> um i would say the biggest thing that i that i didn't know i didn't know was how eager some of them can be uh to to work with you 
Um, and then understanding that you have to have a message market match between the vendor and what you are bringing to your venue. Um, Red Bull is a phenomenal sponsor for us, and it tends to go really well with fireside gatherings. Uh, where our venue at is a dry campus, so we can't have alcohol. And Red Bull is more than accommodating and giving us more than enough um, beverage uh, and different types to hand out. Um, at that same time, I have found other sponsors who are willing to donate a couple uh, cases of water. So we can have, actually have water to give out as well. Um, and then keeping those, um, those sponsors interested can be difficult. Uh, we had one that we have lost because they had a personal relationship with an uh, – not well. Anyhow, their relationship on the business side of things uh, was with was with Amy before she left, and that kind of dried up. And I blame kind of blame myself for that because I did not follow through well enough with that. So just managing the relationships and making sure that people are excited about it and continue to stay excited about it. Leary, what about you? Oh, um, there are people too. I don't know. Like you, kind of in your head might. Put it into this kind of especially with like big partners and sponsors like oh it's red bull it's this it's that but you know once you get to know the reps like they're they're just people and it's not as intimidating to discuss with them you know a contract or an agreement or something um it can seem really daunting going into it but it really isn't too bad once you get to know them it's just like speaking with another innkeeper or something like that about this passion that you have and they're usually pretty eager to collaborate if it's a good fit for their brand. So, yeah, Avantis, how about you? So the thing about working with vendors and partners that I didn't know that I didn't know is that all I have to do is ask. I mean, it, you can't get it if you don't ask. And the worst they can do is say, no, we're not interested. And I just recently found this out as I'm planning an event coming up in August, uh, around the middle of the month, and I reached out to a pretty prominent esports organization that we all know, and I, I, I really want to say who it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be able to announce everything next week, and they said yes. They were, they, you know, they were all about supporting my local event because they believe local Hearthstone events are important and they're not even local to me. They're based out of Germany. So I'm super excited about being able to work with this organization and to, to bring a amazing event to my local area. So you don't know unless you ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that, I believe, covers everything I've got this week. Um, do you guys have any last-minute things you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I was, was going to piggyback off of what you had said about you already have the no. Uh, assume the yes. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for big things. That's how you get big things at your event. Um, and when you go in and you already have the no, they can't take anything away from you. Uh, so if you want to go after a something really cool for your for your venue go ask it's just a conversation so they you know they're not gonna i had a, a an old supervisor i used to work with like 30 years ago 
Uh, he used to always say, they're not going to take your birthday away. That was always his thing. So just go ask. They're not going to take your birthday away. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, I believe that's going to wrap it up this week. Uh, so to recap, we talked about Boomsday and we answered some questions from uh, innkeepers from our Discord server. Uh, Aliri, if people want to follow you online, where can they find you? Um, best place is on Twitter, at Aleri, A-L-E-I-R-R-I. That's usually where I'm hanging out. Root, where can people find you? I am on the Twitters at Hearthcast Root. You can find me over on my other show, Hearthcast, or a slew of other shows that I do. Uh, if you want more information, just hit me up in the Discord server. Uh, Avantis, where can people find you? You can find me every week on Hero Power on Wednesday nights at 7.30 Eastern on twitch.tv slash ecmmogamers or right here on the Innkeeper podcast. I'm also fairly active on the Twitter at AvantesHS. All right. Um, so as we mentioned, Innkeeper Discord, if you guys are not members, you're missing out on some huge resources that are available to you for free. So go to bit.ly forward slash HS Innkeepers to be able to join that Discord server. Also, and <clears throat> I actually used this this week. I was talking to a fairly popular Hearthstone streamer who was looking for some ideas to play games online with their fans. And I introduced them to hsinkeepers.com and the deck building challenges. Oh, fun. So make sure you check out hsinkeepers.com for all kinds of ideas for uh, your next fireside gathering. And you can find official resources at resources.firesidegatherings.com. And yeah, if you, if you, if, I just want to say, if they haven't been to firesidegatherings.com in the last couple of weeks, they've done a major facelift over there. Yes. Uh, if you awesome. have not, uh, if you have not scheduled a fireside gathering, just go through it. Don't you don't actually have to schedule it, but you go through the steps and processes if you would. They have fixed a lot of the issues that they had there. Um, it is getting to the point where it's usable uh, now. So <laughs> it's not as headachey as it was. So, yeah, go check that out. They've done a, a tremendous job uh, on this uh, current edition of the uh, uh, HS, I'm sorry, firesidegatherings.com website. So go check that out. Cool. Uh, so, as we close the show this week, as we always do, we want to thank all of you in chat for joining us today. It was great to have see some of our European friends who can't usually make yes. our normal recording. Thank you for joining us. Yes, we do this for you. And uh, also want to thank all of you listening who download the episode each week. We greatly appreciate you. And we also do this for you. So yeah. until we see you again. Good gaming. GG. Bye. Thanks for listening to the HS Innkeepers podcast. For legendary resources and more, go to hsinkeepers.com. Swinghammer. Yeah. <laughs>